Today on Locked On Anaheim Ducks, a preview of the upcoming series between the Coyotes and the Avalanche, and what the heck happened in Toronto. It was a record-breaking night, and we'll talk about it on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Ah. Oh man. That that was exhausting. What happened? What what happened? What the heck was that? What was that? Five overtimes? Are you kidding me? That game took five freaking overtimes. For those of you that may have missed it, there was an epic hockey game that took place Tuesday night. Actually, Tuesday afternoon into Tuesday night. I'll just say welcome, everyone, to Locked on Anaheim Ducks, brought to you by rockauto.com. I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez, delirious over that long game that took place at Scotiabank Arena in Toronto. So long that another game had to be postponed to the following day. We'll get to that. I want to remind you, that you can hear this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, or wherever you hear your podcasts. What else should I say? Um, I talked about that. Oh, yeah. Don't forget to rate, comment, subscribe. And you can follow this show at LO underscore Ducks or follow me personally at StimpyJD. I am really delirious. Okay, so the very first game of the first round of the 2020 NHL playoffs took place between the number two seed Tampa Bay Lightning and the Columbus Blue Jackets, who upset the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, I was screaming at my TV during that entire game. And just for the record, that was a fun game to watch. I saw the game with one of my favorite people in the entire world. And even she thought that was a ridiculous game. Yeah, we all got into it. We we did. We got into it. When it was third overtime, we're like, wait a minute. It's really the third overtime? Then it went to a fourth overtime. And that's when we started to get really hooked. Not just myself. Then it went into the fifth overtime. And things just got BS crazy there. Let's let's go back all the way to the beginning of the game. It was 2 to 2 going into the first overtime. At the time, the shots on goal were not too bad against Columbus. And then Tampa Bay started shooting the crap out of the puck. And I got to say hats off completely, complete hats off to both goalies, Andre Vasilevsky and of course, Jonas Corposalo. Yeah, they played probably the best games you could possibly ever play in one game. So after regulation, it was 2-2. Two to two. So we're going overtime. Okay, no big deal. That game started at 3 o'clock Eastern. There was another game to start at 8 p.m. But by the time the first overtime began, it was 5.30 Eastern. So... Still not too bad. They could still make that 8 o'clock start time. I should also point out a couple of little stats here. At the end of regulation, the shots on goal. At the time, at the time, it was 26 for Columbus and it was 40 for Tampa Bay. Okay, 
That's kind of a lot, but not too bad. In overtime, Tampa Bay outshot Columbus 12-8. In double overtime, Columbus outshot Tampa Bay 10-6. So now we're starting to think, okay, double overtime. It's starting to get to that point. It is coming up on about 6.30 Eastern time. And now we're getting to the point where we might have to delay the start of the second game, which was the Boston Bruins and the Carolina Hurricanes. All right, it's getting there. Then the third overtime. Tampa Bay outshot Columbus 14-8, but still nothing scratched across the board. So, once again, after overtime, Tampa Bay had 52 shots, then 58. After the third overtime, they had 72 shots on goal. Sorry, 71. If my math is correct, yeah. Oh, God, that's too many. 71. No, not 71. 74, 73. 73 shots. See, it's that game was so long, my math is wrong. It was 73 to 52 shots on goal in favor of Tampa Bay. At this point, Corpus Allo is coming close to the NHL record for most saves in a game, which was Kelly Rudy, the former LA King goalie. Uh, he set that record with the New York Islanders all the way back in 1987. Kelly Rudy had 73 saves. At the time, Corpus Allo had 71 saves. So we go into the fourth overtime. This is starting to go into top 10 longest game category. Yeah, nothing still scratched across the board. At the end of four overtimes, it was 87 to 60 shots on goal. And then in the fifth overtime, Tampa Bay finally, finally won the game by a final score of 3-2 to two on that final goal. It was assists from Mikhail Sergachev and Nikita Kucherov. And on that Nikita Kucherov shot, he blasted one from in between the faceoff dots. And that hit, I think it hit either Gavrikov or Tetier. And he went down in a heap. And that left a wide open Braden point on the left side. And he just blistered one, blistered one right through Corpus Allo. For the game-winning goal in the 5th overtime. 10.27 into the 5th overtime. It took 90 and a half minutes of overtime. This was 150 minutes of actual game time. For that game to finally finish. Tampa Bay wins game 1. 3-2. And you've got to feel for the Columbus Blue Jackets. They tried so hard. A combined... 151 shots on goal. That's a new NHL record. This game was the fourth longest game in NHL playoff history and the second longest game in playoff history in the modern era. It was a special game for Tampa Bay and a heart-wrenching game for the Columbus Blue Jackets. This game was so long that the Bruins-Canes game, originally starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, had to be rescheduled for this morning. It had to be rescheduled for Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern. So by the time you're listening to this, 
that first game is probably going on right now if you're listening to this when the podcast initially comes out. If you're listening sometime after that game and before the Coyotes game, the game already happened. But it's an 8 a.m. game. I'm probably still going to be asleep when that game starts. I'm not going to lie to you, folks. I do want to value my sleep a little bit after those long games. Oh, and by the way, Vegas also beat Chicago. Okay, fine. Calgary won. Great. But the Blue Jackets losing to what I think is going to be a great team, but I still think they're going to choke at some point. The Tampa Bay Lightning, they escaped. They completely escaped with that game. Some other stats. The Lightning had 88 shots on goal. 88. Columbus, they had 63 shots. So a combined 151. The 88 shots on goal is a playoff record. The 85 saves is also a playoff record. That's an NHL record. Again, still cannot believe that happened. Uh, Kelly Rudy had an interview on Sportsnet in between overtimes, and he was hoping that Corpus Allo would break the 100 save mark. And honestly, we were hoping the same thing too. We would have loved to see 100 shots on goal. Unfortunately, that didn't quite happen. Oh, and another record took place. Uh, The Columbus defenseman Seth Jones, he set a new NHL playoff record for time on ice with 65 minutes and 6 seconds. That beats Sergei Zubov's old record of 63 minutes and 51 seconds set. And that was from the Dallas Stars game in 2003, which happened to be against the Anaheim Ducks. Or sorry, back then, the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim. Remember that five overtime game between the Mighty Ducks and the Stars in 03? By the way, the Mighty Ducks won that game. And that was en route to a Stanley Cup final appearance that they eventually lost. But who remembers that game? So that broke that mark. Imagine being out on the ice for over 60 minutes. Try 65 minutes, 6 seconds. That whole thing was amazing. Some other stats, and this is courtesy of Natural Stat Trick. So thank them for this. Corsi for and Corsi against. Even strength Corsi was 170 to 100 in favor of Tampa Bay. As far as everything, shots on goal, as I mentioned, were plentiful in this game, 88 to 63. As far as missed shots and blocked shots, yeah, Columbus blocked 62 shots. They missed 42 shots. So overall, shot attempts for the Tampa Bay Lightning was 187 to 111 for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Can you just imagine those gaudy numbers? 187 shot attempts. That includes regular shots on goal, blocked shots, missed shots. Those numbers are simply staggering. If you want to see just how it looks, go to Natural Stat Trick. Look up the stats for this game. Some individual stats on this one. Let's go with Tampa Bay first. Victor Hedman had 53 and 12 seconds time on ice. 53 minutes time on ice. And this is coming off an injury. He had by far the most time on ice for the Lightning. 
As far as Columbus, we talked about Seth Jones. Some other players with long times on ice. Uh, Zach Wierenski, he had 55 minutes and 6 seconds. Seth Jones, I mean, okay, that that was just ridiculous. And I misspoke. Zach Wierenski, actually 61 minutes and 13 seconds. Gavrikov, 48 minutes and 58 seconds. Nick Foligno, 50 minutes and 9 seconds. And I misspoke on Tampa Bay, so I'll just go over that. Victor Hedman, 56-31. Ryan McDonough, 53 minutes, 6 seconds. Yeah, those guys earned their stripes on this game. It is devastating for Columbus, but they can come back in this series. I've talked a lot about that particular game, but congrats to Tampa Bay on winning that game. We're going to head into the first intermission. We're going to mercifully head into the first intermission. But first, I want to talk to you guys about rockauto.com. They have all the parts your car will ever need. Whether it's a grease lightning type of car, maybe it's a car you bought in Columbus, and it just doesn't have enough gas to get you through. Maybe you need some new parts. Maybe you need a new gas cap. RockAuto.com has those parts. So look up RockAuto.com. They've been family owned and operated for over 20 years. And in the how did you hear about a section, tell them that Locked On sent you. Once again, that is RockAuto.com. All the parts your car will ever need. Coming up after the first intermission, I'll have an interview with the host from Locked On Avalanche to give a preview of the upcoming series between the Colorado Avs and the Arizona Kachinas. Stay locked in, folks. Welcome back to the best podcast your car will ever need. Locked on Anaheim Ducks and Locked on Avalanche brought to you by rockauto.com. And I'm joined by Chris Miscelli from Locked on Avalanche. Chris, how's it going? Uh, It's going very well, sir. It's playoff hockey time. I mean, how could you not be any better than you are right now? Uh, Before we get into it, I just have to ask, how did you like that? quintuple overtime game between Tampa Bay and Columbus. I had talked about it briefly in the beginning of uh, my show and normally I wouldn't do that, but it just needed to be mentioned and uh, standing ovations all around for both goaltenders. Um, Yeah. It's just amazing that, you know, that that's the, the first game that, that I was watching pretty much one of the first games of the postseason, And that's what we get. We're in for a, uh, it made up for all the, not all of the hockey, but um, it made up for some hockey that was missed. And I think <laughs> we're okay with that. The more hockey, the better at this point in time. Yeah, fans were absolutely treated to a gem of a game. Uh, one of the longest awesome. games in postseason history. So as I've mentioned on this podcast several times, we still don't have a Coyotes host. There's <laughs> no locked on Coyotes host. How dare you? So. <laughs> So I've been kind of, I guess, pinch hitting of sorts. And mm-hmm. I honestly didn't think I'd still be going talking about the Coyotes, but here we are. They somehow okay. beat Nashville in four games. Colorado is the number two seed somehow. I thought they'd be the number one seed personally. 
Mm-hmm. So we have two versus 11. Colorado versus Arizona. The last time t- they played each other was all the way back in November. Dia de los Muertos, November 2nd, 2019. That was the <laughs> last time they played each other. It's almost insignificant the how long ago this was. And the first yeah. game they played was the game directly after the Yotes played the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, the Coyotes started the season in Anaheim. Right. Then they went to Colorado, lost in overtime. And then the game November 2nd in Phoenix, or sorry, in Glendale, Arizona. Right. Coyotes won that 3 to nothing. Uh, do, do you remember anything about those games? Oh, my God. I, the, you know, I, I honestly, <laughs> genuinely don't. It's been, it, You know, with this whole pause, it's been those games are even further uh, away than if they had been played, you know, in like March or something like that. They had one more game to go, believe it. We know with the only, I think Avalanche had 12 or 11 games left. Yeah. I think they were supposed to play one more time. They were. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't have it in front of me if it was supposed to be in, in uh, Colorado or Arizona. But um, no, they played those two games pretty much close together, mid, mid-October, which the Avalanche won in overtime. And then uh, the Coyotes reversed the fortunes and, and shut out Colorado, which is not an easy thing to do. And I'm skimming through their schedule yeah, right the, now. The and- only reason I remember the other game, one, it was Diel Dos Muertos. Two, yep. uh, a player that I like a lot, Darcy Kemper, who I've said is the Ontario Rain legend from Southern California. <laughs> right. He had a shutout against the yeah. Colorado Avs, 3 nothing shutout. A very impressive game on that one. But... You know, that's Darcy Kemper for you. He's a world-class goalie through and through. On oh, yeah. yeah, on that game, he faced 33 shots and stopped all of them. He was impressive. That's impressive. Yeah, and, and so, you know, that's who they're going to be going up against in this series. So, you know, uh, the Coyotes are going to be leaning against that. Um, you know, outside of this game, the Avalanche only got shut out one other time, and that was a one nothing game. And that one I remember because that was against... Um, the uh, New York Islanders and uh, their former goalie, <laughs> who his name is escaping me right now. <laughs> yeah, Varlamov. Jeez, there we but, go. Yeah, Varlamov. So, um, yeah, so that that was a big game, and uh, you know he he got him one nothing. So the Avalanche are a tough team to shut out, and you know uh, if anybody's really going to do it, it's going to be a guy like Darcy Kemper. They've struggled <laughs> with him. Um, I'm sorry, I'm I'm chuckling here because now I remember why I recall this game for a specific reason. And this is a weird uh, one. That was the first game where the Coyotes had the Kachina jerseys this season. That's oh, really? why I remember it. Yes. <laughs> really? Okay. All right. Well, I'm trying to I'm looking at stats here. So yeah, I mean thirty what'd you say, thirty three shots on Thirty three. Yeah. Five of them came from Makar, four of them came from Nathan McKinnon. Uh, another four came from Matt Calvert. So they were peppering him and, uh, he was up for the task. Apparently <laughs> I'm looking at that second period, 17 to three on shots, Colorado and Arizona. How, was it really 17 to three? Okay. 17 to three. And one of those three shots Arizona gave in that second period was a uh, Connor Garland's goal. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> but All the right. only the, the other reason I say it's kind of insignificant is this was pre Taylor Hall. Exactly. So yes. it almost doesn't matter. 
Yeah, for for a number of reasons. For yeah, it's it was so long ago, so many moons ago when these games were played, and yeah, uh, you know now they have the the added bonus of a guy like Taylor Hall. So yeah, and that and that is one of the players uh, to watch out for as far as the Coyotes go. Taylor Hall has done a tremendous job in that first line for Arizona. He's getting pucks in deep, playing some pretty good two way hockey so far, and. Honestly, he's putting pucks towards in it and getting some points in there. So that's one of yeah. the players that you should watch for Arizona. As mm-hmm. far as Colorado, aside from the obvious, let's talk sure. about the obvious. Let's talk about the obvious best player in Colorado first. So I'll give you the lead on that one. Yeah. So um, clearly, you're you're talking about Eric Johnson. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah. I, I have you know. When when you're doing a, a show on the Colorado Avalanche and Nathan McKinnon is on your team, you talk about him a lot. So um, I, I he's been it seems like he hasn't really missed a beat with all of these months off. Um, and I I said in in a show last week where I think he is just biding his time, waiting for game one against whoever they were going to eventually play, which obviously is Arizona, to really. Uh, kick it into another gear. Not that he hasn't been kicking in it to a high gear um, as it is in the, the round robin uh, tournament, but he's, he's, he's ready to um, really lay uh, uh, what I think is going to be an, an epic smackdown. And unfortunately the coyotes are going to be in his way. Um, <laughs> I, I, I just, I, he's the odds on favorite to win, you know, playoff MVP. I don't think he really cares about stuff like that. I genuinely don't think he cares about stuff like that. I think he he is looking at the end result, um, and he knows he he is the uh, the machine that makes that team go. And he doesn't necessarily need to be the guy. He usually is, but he doesn't need to be the guy uh, for them to win because he demands so much attention. And now the Avalanche have a lot of talent outside of him to really cover when, you know, teams are focusing on Nathan McKinnon, which happens all the time. He still manages to get goals left and right and assists left and right. But when teams, and I'm using air quotes that you can't see, uh, shut him down, um, that just opens up lanes for all these other skilled players that they have now. And it just makes them an insanely dangerous team. What is one unheralded player that we should be watching out for as far as the avalanche go? You know, I, I would have to say, like, I would lean towards Val Nechuskin, uh, because he he has put in his time with this with this team. They signed him to almost like a flyer deal, almost like see, show us what you can do deal. Um, and he started off struggling um, in terms of really getting that one goal, that one elusive goal, which he had gone, I don't even remember what it was at this point, like 45 games or something like that without scoring a goal. Mm -hmm. And then when he did, which came in November sometime, I can't remember the exact game. Um, it was like that proverbial monkey was off of his back and he just relaxed and used his skill and his size, which is he's a ginormous person. Um, and he he just went back to playing hockey because he, he it's almost like not that he forgot how to, but he was pressing. Um, and when he got that goal, he was a completely different guy. And now he's he's on their second line now. Yeah. I mean, he's and, on the same um, line with uh, Landis Skog and Kadri. 
in Kadri. Yeah. So he's earned that and it's, he's not a liability uh, on that second line. So um, I think he, he's one of the guys that a lot of avalanche fans root for and uh, want to see him kind of really put together in, in a playoff run um, and then sign him to a, a, another contract to, to get him back here. Cause nobody wanted him. Nobody yeah. really wanted him. And, and the avalanche were like, we'll give you a shot. And um, I think he's appreciative of that. I don't think he's one of those guys that's going to cut bait and run uh, and say like, Hey, thanks for the chance. I'm out of here. I think he's appreciative that they gave him a chance and he's going to stick around and he's becoming like a fan favorite guys really. And he's just like a really nice guy. So, which is always a plus. So uh, there's kind of a fourth liner. I'm going to go fourth line here for the Coyotes as far as someone to watch out for. Okay. And I'm going to go Michael Grabner from that fourth there's line. And okay. the reason being because he is a PK specialist and Colorado does get on the power play a lot. Mm-hmm. Arizona, they have a tendency sometimes to draw some penalties. That's fine. But when you have someone like Michael Grabner, who led the league in shorthanded goals last season and already has a shorty to his credit during the qualifiers, then that's someone that you do have to watch out for. I feel like Grabner is the guy that's been around the league quite a bit. He is another kind of laying in the weeds, be in the background kind of guy. He's been in the league forever. He's 32 years old. But when I look at his, yeah, it's been a long time. (laughs) But when I look at the entirety of his career, He's been that kind of uh, glue-type player, especially for those Islanders teams and for the Rangers. He was that glue guy. And mm-hmm. now he's bringing that veteran presence to the desert and has done a tremendous job. Like I said, six shorties last season, which led the league. Um, all in all, he mm-hmm. would be the one to watch out for if you're Colorado because okay. he can get he has that speed and can get out in a hurry. Right. So, that would okay. be my dark horse pick for just a player to watch for. Uh, as far as the goalie matchups, yeah, Dar- I mean, I'll start with Darcy Kemper. Dude has been on fire. In four games, he already has a 933 save percentage, 277 goals against. But obviously, when you're playing Nashville, you're going to get peppered with a lot of shots, especially yeah. that game four that went into overtime. He saw 52 shots, 52 <sighs> shots he saw, which is ridiculous. And that was in three periods, not not five overtime. <laughs> three three periods and only one overtime. <laughs> if that game yeah. had gone five overtimes, he probably would have seen a hundred shots. Oh my god! <laughs> no, he would have. He would have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's he's kind of been a, a thorn in the Avalanche side for you know as, as long as he's been in, in the league. Yeah, uh, especially with Minnesota. Um, and and so I, I think that is what's going to keep keep uh, Arizona in this thing um, and make it a difficult series. It comes down to, to goaltending for them because I don't think Arizona can hang with Colorado speed. Um, uh, and, and I feel like they're going to rely on their defense, which is what they do. I yeah, mean, it seems like they are, they are a defensive. Right. Right. So it, it, it will fall in line with their style of play. Um, they just really need to be on their game because uh, if the avalanche can get going and get, swarming all over the place um it might be difficult but then then you have to be kemper which is Mm -hmm. easier said than done and um yeah he he's he's the i mean he's the one guy that i am looking at sure you have your taylor hall and stuff like that and even it's it's going to be uh nice to see carl soderberg 
yeah. uh, kind of go against his old team in Colorado. But um, it, for, for me, it's how many times can they get it past Kemper? How about Colorado's goalie? How is he looking in your opinion? Um, both of these guys, this, this was a competition going into this, you know, uh, season reboot, um, between Grubauer and Francois. both have done exceptionally well and Grubauer pretty much was the starting goalie and it was his job to lose and, um, did enough to not lose it. And, you know, that's not to say that, um, Pavel Francois didn't do enough to to win it he i mean he he did admirably he did fantastic and if grubauer did not play well it would have easily gone to pablo francos but um i think colorado is leaning on grubauer for a number of reasons they traded for him Mm -hmm. um they they want to see him do well he did very well in last year's playoffs so I don't think there's no, there's no reason to um, bench him and, and make I'll him. I'll add one more to that list. I'll add another one. He kind of has some championship pedigree. He was right. on the Caps two years ago when they won the Stanley Cup. So uh, actually, absolutely. So he kind of knows what it takes to go all the way, in a yeah. sense. And and Francois is going to play. Uh, he he he's done too well to to not uh, be warranted a start. Uh, you know, it's kind of spot starts here and there. They have a back to back Friday and Saturday. Um, so he's, I can guarantee you, he's going to play one of those games because when you have a guy that's playing that well, why put all of the weight on your, your starter, give him a break on a back to back, especially in the playoffs. So they are, they're, they're, they've played well since this reboot. Um, I know a lot of people are looking at that towards, can it hold up? And it is a legit question. It is a very legit question. I think they're, from what I've seen so far, um, I don't have any reason to believe that it won't, but um, you never know until you start playing the games. All right. The time has come. Let's give mm. our predictions. Um, right. I will give my prediction first, and I have a caveat here. All the way back yeah. to September, I made my beginning of season predictions, and I had Colorado winning the whole thing. You can't renege on that. I cannot (laughs) renege on that. I have Colorado winning the series, but it's going to take all seven games. You think so? I really think so. I think Darcy Kemper is going to do enough to keep Arizona in it as long as possible. Yeah. But by the time it's game seven, I have Colorado winning that one easily. So Avs in seven. No, so so if it's in seven games, that would be – at home in Colorado, Colorado is the home team, yep. correct? They're not on the road when they win yep. the, the series. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I, I have it be in a same reason. Uh, Darcy Kemper going to keep them in this thing, but um, I think it's just going to be too much. And, he, and, and I think it's going to be a six game series. I think uh, Arizona is going to push them. And, and because I feel like this is going to go six that I do not feel like, you know, I think every one of these games is going to be close, uh, too close for my comfort. And <laughs> I think it's all going to be because of of comfort. So um, I don't know the order. I'm not going to go into, you know, the Avalanche win the first two, then Arizona win. I, I don't know yeah, how I'm that's all going to go. <laughs> no, um, I'm not. Yeah, but um, I know the first game is obviously important. You want to get up that 1-0 lead. Um but I, I think it's just going to. I think 
if if Arizona struggles to contain, uh, it's just when you watch the Avalanche play, they just have like wave after wave after wave of of guys that just keep coming at you. Um, and if they can maintain that, um, I think it's just going to wear Arizona down. Um, and if if like I said earlier, if they can get some past comfort, that's just going to be enough. I don't anticipate any blowouts in this thing. I really Neither don't. Neither do I. So, um, but I think it's going to be good. It very well could go seven, but I think the Avalanche will kind of put it away in six. All right. Good enough. Uh, yeah. Before we head off, where can everyone find you on the socials and where can they find your podcast? So uh, on the Twitter, you can go to L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche. On the Instagram, just search Locked on Avalanche. Uh, email locked on avalanche at gmail.com. And if I may, I also host a, uh, a completely separate podcast. If anybody is a Doctor Who fan, uh, me and a good friend of mine host a, a Doctor Who podcast. We've never watched the show ever in our lives. And we watch an episode of Doctor Who and then do an, a podcast episode about it. It's absolutely hilarious. It's awesome. It's called The Tardy Tardis. Let's go check that out, too. You ever make it out to Gallifrey? Say that again? You ever make it out to um, the Gallifrey Expo out here in SoCal? No, no, I, I've I've heard about it. You have? I've heard about it. it it's a pretty big event out here. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Did, life goals, maybe. Yeah. I I just admitted that I I do watch the show as well. Do you? Well, <laughs> I do. Well, it's we'll a great, talk off it's air. A great show. Great. <laughs> I show. love it. We and I'm serious. Like we we never watched a second of that show. And him and I were talking. We've been podcasting for years. And uh, we're like, let's let's do a show, like uh, a one show specific show. And we're like, where can we start? And I just threw out Doctor Who. And we both have always wanted to watch it. And we're like, this is perfect. It has a massive following. So we start with the reboot in 2005 with the Christopher Eccleston See, uh, Doctor Who. The, the good thing about Doctor Who is at least there's plenty of episodes to choose from. If you did a podcast on, say, Firefly, it, it, okay. w- it wouldn't last that long. It wouldn't go too long? Yeah. No. Yeah, so, but now we're getting into like the Torchwood stuff, which we haven't watched yet, but we want to get through the Doctor Who. Uh, but yeah, we do one episode. We watch an episode and then do a podcast about it. And, uh, so it's fun. It's I fun. will I will plug myself. Uh, you could find this <laughs> podcast and any of the shows on the Locked On Podcast Network via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher, or I don't know, Ham Radio. Morse code, whatever. You can smoke find signals. our shows. Yeah, smoke signals, what have you. All of those. Uh, you can ask your smart device to play Locked on Avalanche or Locked on Anaheim Ducks, not the Oregon Ducks, because they're not playing any <laughs> collegiate sports anytime soon, sadly. <laughs> but you can find both of those shows on Tloppin. And also, don't forget to check out Locked on NHL, where we have Sarah Avampado, Justin Morissette, among others, hosting locked on nhl and i'm sure they're going to talk about the craziness that happened tuesday mm. night afternoon morning whatever they're going to talk about it what and was the total runtime of that game six uh, and a half hours oh man yep i loved is, every minute of it that's like a trilogy of <laughs> movies uh finally on the twitters you can find this show at lo underscore ducks and find me at stimpy jd as in ren and stimpy Gotta love love Nicktoons, man. Uh, Thanks once again to Chris for coming on. Thanks a lot. Thanks, man. Good time. For Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day. Stay safe. Be kind to each other. And since you are a guest, 
you get to quack along with me. Yeah. Uh, what do I do? Like the might have you seen Mighty Ducks? Oh, the Mighty Ducks quack. Yeah. Okay. Quack, quack, <laughs> quack, 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 quack. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Oh, that's awesome. Ducks fly together, Anaheim. 